Hey, y'all. I'm Zio. I'm M. And we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you very much. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us on Patreon. We're on Patreon as Fic Fans with a Z. You should give us tons of money. W- or none. No pressure. Give us all. Anyway, enjoy the program. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fiction Fanatics. I am 3Z. And I am 5Z. And today, we're back on that tokusatsu dick. Talking about 4Z. 4Z. 4-0. 4-Zs. The, f- the 40th anniversary of the Kamen Rider franchise. So Kamen Rider is kind of weird in with anniversaries because they kind of have two sets of anniversaries that they celebrate both of. Because they celebrate the anniversary of like Kamen Riders in an era and they do the, the franchise as a whole. They love their anniversaries. So, Decade... Take, took place like three or four years before Kamen Rider Forze, and Decade was celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Heisei Riders, and this is celebrating the 40th anniversary of all Kamen Riders. Because that's not confusing at all. They don't celebrate all of them. They don't want to discriminate. Anyway, it's it's a whole thing. But yeah, it, it's also kind of fortuitous that we're doing Kamen Rider Forze like this year. because right the 50th? Yeah, because right now... Kamen Rider Revice is taking place on the 50th anniversary of the franchise. So we're 10 years behind them. Yay, 50 years old. Big five zero. <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive for any franchise to last more than five years. Yeah. If we're being real. Five mostly consecutive years. Because Kamen Rider has been on the air for most of that 50 years. Not, not all of it, because they had that break in the 80s. They then got restarted in the early 90s. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so we're back with Common Rider. Um, what do, what the fuck do we say about Common Rider? It's comedy. It's one of the two big tokusatsu shows from Japan. Tokusatsu superhero shows from Japan, being the sister series of Super Sentai. Super Sentai, which we love over here in the Americas as much as Common Rider. America knows Power Rangers; <laughs> they don't know Super Sentai. <laughs> Even though sometimes the Sentai is better, and sometimes it's not. I'm looking at you, Shinkenger. Shinkenger fucking sucks. You heard me, fucking Shinkenger stands. Get that fucking samurai dick out of your mouth. All three of you. Oh, you, I, that's not even a joke. There are so many fucking people who love Shinkenger, and I don't get it. I do not understand it. I absolutely fucking hate Shinkenger. <laughs> All three of you in this state. I don't know. Um, So we're back with Kamen Rider, and we're doing Kamen Rider, A, because I make the schedules and I have a bias. Obviously. And B, because legit, Kamen Rider is like one of our best performing things. It's not even a joke. Like, it's not our very top, but it is like consistently in our upper half. It's there, and you people need to watch it. We've already talked about Kamen Rider twice before on the show. We first talked about W. W. And then we talked about O's. Triple O. And now Forza. And Triple the backgr- Z. If you want to know the background of Kamen Rider as a franchise, go back to our O's episode. Yeah. But let's do some specific shit for Kamen Rider Forza. Kamen Rider Forza is a Japanese tokusatsu drama made by Toei, obviously. It is the 13th series in the Heisei period and the 22nd overall. It, it served to commemorate both the 40th anniversary of the franchise and the 50th anniversary of Space Flight. Which is why this whole season has a space theme. Yay, 50 years of space. Yep, it began with Yuri Gakken's Volstok first flight in 1961. 
The series premiered September 4th, 2011, alongside Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger in the superhero time lineup after the finale of O's. And then after Gokaiger ended, it, it shared the time with Tokomeki Sentai Golbusta. It's really hilarious how the only things Japanese I can say are fucking common writers and Sentai teams. You probably hear it enough. Everyone, anyone who listens to this podcast to more than one episode knows I fuck up so hard with Japanese. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, fucking Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger? Yeah, I can say that fucking perfectly. Say that time three, three times fast. Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger. Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger. Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger. There you go. Holy fuck. Um, Forze was written by Kazuni Na- Nakashima, known for his screenplays of O Ido Rocket and more to my taste. He also did screenplays for Gurren Lagan. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's a big one. And uh, everyone laughs because one of the biggest things that uh, Forze uses regularly is a drill. Hmm. And people go like, yeah, that's because of Gurren Lagan. Because hmm. this came out after Gurren Lagan. He loves his drills. I'll play him. It's a great aesthetic. Uh, also, uh, just a note for some people who are purists and not us. When we refer to characters, we'll be referring to them in the American way. Not because we are biased, but simply because that's how they were on the Wikipedia and I just copied and pasted their names. Yeah. So it's not Kisaragi Gentaro, it's Gentaro Kisaragi. And if you don't like that, blame the common writer Wikipedia. Yeah, blame those people. Anyway, so for cast, we have as our main character... Gentaro Kisaragi, played by Sota Fukushi. Uh, Kengo Utahashi. Hoshi, played by Ryuki Takahashi. We got Yuki Jojima. Jojima. I actually just had a stutter there. I would have gotten that right. (laughs) Fuck. Played by uh, Fukima Shizu, who is currently legally known as Yoshiko Sengen. Uh, also, so this is something I found out while uh, researching this. So this actress joined a cult. Which one? Uh, she, I have it set up. She joined the Happy Science Cult. Oh, sounds good. Yes. The full name is the Institute for Research in Human Happiness. And it's characterized as a cult overall. Um, That's why she changed her name. Ah. Like, that's why her name is the way it is. In fact... She, her stage name is just Shiho. I mean, whatever makes her happy, I guess. Wait, no, that's the wrong person. Sorry. Shiho is the, someone else. I have the wrong Wikipedia page open. Fuck. Anyway. Whoopsie, she, whoopsie. Anyway, so yeah. Yokohisho Sengen. She changed her name to that because she joined this cult. And like after joining this cult, she's only been in like movies produced by that cult. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Normally, I don't go into like the personal lives of some of these people, but it's just like... I found out about it because like, why did she change her name? And like, the very next line after her name change was cult. like, "Cult, yeah, <laughs> cult, fuck, <laughs> cult." <laughs> oh, lady, lady. Oh. Next, we have J.K. pronounced as Jake, played by Shion Tasukia. 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 We got Miu Kazashiro, played by Rikako Sakata. We have Shun Daimonji, played by Justin. Tommy Mori, and the reason his name is Justin, which is kind of neat, is that he's like half Australian. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he's like half Japanese, half Australian. And it's kind of neat. I say, so he knows how to throw boomerang. Good for him. Yep. Then we got Tomoko Nozama, played by Shiho. 
Yeah, She-Hulk. That's She-Hulk. I'm a fucking moron. And that's all the background we have on Kamen Rider, because surprisingly, uh, Kamen Rider didn't get as big as it was in the West until recently. Like, I even tried looking at Japanese sites and then translating them, and I couldn't find anything worthwhile. Mm. Because, I don't know, this was 10 years ago, and there were less adult Kamen Rider fans back then. 10 years ago? I can believe it. More than 10. (laughs) More than 10 now. Yeah. God, I feel old. Tell me about it. So, we'll get on to the synopsis. Synopsi. Episode one. We open on the moon. Like every other movie. And we see a moon base fucking exploding. Two astronauts are fighting over a briefcase and running towards a space shuttle. Your average opening. One of them wins the fight, knocks over the other guy, and gets into the fucking shuttle without him with the briefcase in his hands and just fucking takes off as he gets exploded actually he does survive (laughs) because we see the guy who was left behind on the moon is like there's a single fucking like building left and then there's just like a crater of blast area everywhere yeah and he's just like standing on the moon like oh fuck uh the last thing that this guy says before the guy who's like left on the moon. The last thing he says is the name Kengo. And then he fiddles with a golden switch that's in his hand. This like golden clear this like golden crystally switch. Switches are very important in the show. Nintendo. Not that switch. Oh. Like the physical like a light switch. One of them is actually a light switch. Then after this horrific scene of watching a man be stranded on the moon and the entire moon base being destroyed around him, we cut to a gaggle of high school students in uniforms. Yeah, yeah, sounds like an average day. Um, and these uniforms are like super brightly cover- colored. They're all like super bright blue. Very unrealistic. They're all just walking to school. There's just a huge amount of them. They're not all friends. It's just like this is that point in the day where everyone's converging while going to school. They all got off the train, the people who are on trains. Then we follow a this one kid called Kengo who's playing with a like little a switch in his hand. Like he it's he's like a fidget toy. Yeah, it's like one of those little clicker ones. Just click click. They click. use the switches a lot like that. Where like if they're not being used, someone just has it in their hand and is just like fucking with it like you would a pen. Or like one toy. Of those, uh, it looks like one of those things that you like click and it's like a tally. Yeah, and then we watch as a girl walks up to Kengo and tries to give him, like, a confession letter. Ew. No. And then, yeah, and Kengo just fucking throws that thing off a bridge. A like, letter for me? I don't read. He's literally like, you're not worth my time. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to read this. Yeet. Fuck out of here. And Dang. then he gets accosted by this. I, I, I wrote this wrong, but he gets accosted by a loud student who's not wearing the same uniform as everyone else. He's wearing that type of black Japanese uniform that's like completely black and is supposed to be buttoned up, but instead it's only like half. <laughs> he, his shirt looks a bit like if Daisy Dukes had to wear a Japanese male student <laughs> uniform, only he has a t-shirt underneath, a flaming t-shirt sometimes. A Guy Fieri t-shirt. Anyway, he fucking like lifts Kengo up by the front of his shirt and is like, hey, douchebag, why did you do that? Because I don't care. Listen, if someone takes the time to fucking write you a letter, you at least owe it to them to read it and then to, like then like turn Shit them down. On them. And then he like puts Kendo Kengo down. And then this kid and then this fucking loud guy with like a black pompadour. I, I forgot to mention the pompadour. He looks like a delinquent. Like a stereotypical cartoon delinquent. He's a thug. 
jumps off the bridge into this exceptionally shallow river and like starts fishing around for that letter. And then Ken goes just like, dumbass, and keeps walking to school. Doesn't give a shit. Fuck this guy. And then we cut to the theme. The theme song, which we'll be playing at least part of in the version you'll listen to, is called Switch On, performed by Anna Tesuchia. I probably fucked that up again. And I want to I talk about some of the lyrics, because it's like youth slash space themed, 
but it's also fast food themed, and it's a little weird. Yeah, that, that is a weird third option to put in. Right? So, like, hi, broadcasting from school, burger in one hand, feeling hungry every day. It's not enough yet. My dreams are large-sized. Come on, switch on. That's like, I'm doing the translations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, that really hit me in the heart. It's Now I want a hamburger. It's just so fucking weird. Like... Well, I mean, they are sponsored by McDonald's. They are. Kamen Rider was sponsored by McDonald's. I think they might still be. I actually don't remember. Oh, I could, I could believe that. And like the version we watched was the TV version, technically the su- the fan sub TV version. So we got the in between commercials bit that had like the toys advertising McDonald's and the credits at the end. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's all about like youth and energy and McDonald's and 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 fast food. The perfect trio. Yeah. Whatever. What else could you want? So after the song, we get title card. Episode one, Change Born of Youth. At school, we get to see that Kengo is in the back of the classroom, and we watch as he opens the window, and this burger robot jumps in. Sentient robot burger. Sort of, yeah. He talks with a girl who sits in front of him named Yuki, and they talk about how the hole is reactivating. I... He then turns the robot into a hamburger. I really hate how the hamburger looks. You mean that it's just this plastic hamburger that then like unfolds into a little robot, dude? Yeah, I, I hate how the robot looks. It looks. They so have dumb. like five robot things throughout the series, and they're all fast food. It's so silly. Uh, we don't get to see them in this. Sh- we don't get to see them in the few episodes. But there's also like an ice cream cone and a drink and uh, fries. So it's a whole chicken damn nuggets. Meal. Chicken nuggets. There's uh... a, there's four chicken nuggets. <laughs> That, like, all fly independently. Damn, that's sadistic. And they're all powered by switches. Like, sometimes, fucking, they'll actually, like, take the switches out of the robots and then use them. And, like, the one that's powering the burger robot is, like, the camera switch. And that's why the burger guy, the burger robot, like, goes around the school and, like, spies. Because he has the camera switch in him. That makes sense. Anyway, um, the, the class is told to sit the fuck down because a new student is being introduced by the homeroom teacher. And it's that loud guy from before. It's the cool guy. He introduces himself as Gintaro Kisaragi, and he takes like the entire fucking board to write his name out. And he declares to the class that, and I'm go that I'm going to that my goal I'm going to be friends with everyone in the school. I hate it. That's that's lame as fuck. It kind of is. He also apparently knows Yuki. Like they apparently were in primary school together. They were childhood friends. And then they do what? Um, a they secret do- handshake. Yeah. Gintaro has this handshake that he does with everyone once he makes friends with them. And it's a whole process. Like, I can't even properly describe it because it's like, I can, I can physically yeah, you, do it, but I can't describe it very well. They up, down, fist bump. They up, down, fist bump. They fist bump regular. Slap hands open. Slide down their forearms into their fingers. And then shake fists. Yeah. And then they throw up the blood gang sign. They do not do that last bit. Anyway, so Gentaro is like, oh yeah, by the way. And he like walks up to Kengo's desk and he slams this soaking wet letter on his desk. This is for you, by the way. It's yeah. from me. It's like, it's not from me, but it's direct, or addressed to you. And he's and then Kengo's like, you didn't have to do that. And he's like, of course I did. Friends have to like correct each other when they're being assholes. <laughs> oh, he's like, we're friends? Yeah. See, the way I figure it, if I'm going to be friends with everyone, I have to be friends with everyone, even douchebags like you. So guess what? 
We're friends now. Douchebag. It's a little nicer, but not a ton. I fucking have to tolerate everyone, and I'm going to tolerate you first. Kengo then leaves and is like, I'm going to the nurse's office. And the teacher's like, Kengo, why are you going? It's like, I don't feel good. I'm leaving. Because he has like anemia, among other things. So he's got some sickness. Yes. Um. Then the homeroom teacher complains like in the teacher's office, because Japan does that thing where the teacher's move from classroom to classroom and their desk is just in a shared office. I would hate that. Yeah, it would suck. Um, She complains in that office about her class getting all the troublemakers. First we had Kengo, the guy who always ditches class. Then we got Yuki, the weird girl who's obsessed with space. And now we get that Gentaro guy. What the fuck? So the trio. Yeah. Um, Gentaro wants to find Kengo, and so he goes to the nurse's office. But Kengo's not there. And then he goes to the cafeteria, and like everyone in the class cafeteria starts like glaring at him instantly. They all hate him. Every click. It's because he's not sitting at the right click. Or in the he, right chair. Yeah, he sits down in an empty table. And then the whole room is like, <gasps> He shouldn't sit there. And then Yuki goes like, Listen, Kentaro, you gotta fucking move. Get your ass off that chair. Meow. Why? See, and then they find out why. Yeah, because that's where the fucking cheerleaders sit. The cheerleaders and the jocks from the football team. I love that. Also, they don't play soccer football. They play American, American football, football in this school. Which is... I, I know that there are American football teams in Japan, but it's really funny that this school's main sports. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, a, it's funny that the that the main like head honchos of the American football team in this Japanese school, which is just silly. You'd think it'd like be soccer or basketball. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> American football. This is Eye Shield twenty one now. Yeah, and it seems like the cheerleaders only cheer at like school events and at the football team and at the, at the American football fucking games. Games. Anyway, the cheerleaders come in. And head cheerleader, queen of the school, Miu, tells, like, hey, get the fuck out of here, you piece of trash. That's his new nickname. And then Gentaro, like, argues a little bit. And then fucking the head of the, the captain of the football team, Shun, like, throws Gen, like, across the room. And then the whole football team, actually, no, first Gen, like, first Shun, like, does the snap thing and, like, points. They get him. Yeah, and the rest of the, and so the football team attack Gintaro, and then Gintaro starts kicking their fucking asses. For all of Gintaro's faults, he is really fucking good at fighting. Oh yeah, look at him. He fits the bill. Like, he is just like the best brawler in school. It's kind of hilarious. That like, oh, this entire football team of fucking ripped ass high school students, lots of them being seniors when you're only like a sophomore or junior. Yeah, no, you just fucking kick their ass. And then the only reason that he's not able to just finish the fight is because the football team grabs Yuki, and he's like... I'll say it's not every day you see a guy take the whole football team. You, you did that on purpose. Maybe. You did that on fucking purpose. Whatever. So after they take a hostage, the football team takes Gentaro outside... And then, like, literally two guys are holding him still so that Shun can use him as a tackling dummy. And I'll say his tackling form is pure dreadful awful. Well, to be fair, this is like a Japanese actor pretending to be a American football hero. How dare this 20-year-old actor pretend to be a 16-year-old American football-playing Japanese student. Anyway, but, like, Gentaro's like, hey, that, that's as hard as you can tackle, you fucking pussy. All right, let me do it again. But then a but then a monster with a constellation on its body shows up a and big... starts like blasting things like oh, no. like a star constellation on its body. It's big and red. Yeah. Uh, 
the football team fucking runs away. But then Gintaro just fucking grabs a pipe and starts trying to fight this thing. Doesn't go very well. No. Not at all. He gets his... Well, he doesn't really get his ass kicked, but... No, but he he was like... He like did no damage, and then he's about to get his ass yeah. kicked. But thankfully, uh, fucking Gintaro is saved by a giant robot mech thing. A big old yellow mom. Well, technically <clears throat> it's not giant. It's like, I don't know, a story tall? It's It's like... Yeah, it's like 10 feet tall. Yeah. So it's not huge. It's big, but it's not like huge. We're not talking like Mecha Godzilla. We're talking like forklift on steroids. We're, we're, we're talking about the power armor from Aliens. That's from, about the right there size. There you go, yeah. From a big metal gorilla. Yeah. It's called, the robot thing is called a Dizer, by the way. It's being piloted by Kengo. We then learn pretty quickly that the monster thing is called a Zodiart. Because it's because their entire like evil monster theme this season is space slash like zodiac like fucking zodiacs whatever no Zo- the zodiac and yeah the constellations it's like, yeah it's like zodiacs and the constellations um the really big bads are actually part of the zodiac but like everyone else is just like weaky weak piece of shit constellations like this thing isn't part of like. The Zodiac, the Zodiac. It's just Orion, which okay, that's a cool constellation everyone recognizes, but like but it's not the Zodiac. Yeah, it doesn't have like any mystical bullshit, unlike fucking Cancer. Unlike the Little Dipper. You fucking joke about that, bro. <laughs> you fucking joke. I'm not. That's not even a joke. That's barely a joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, the monster retreats, but then like Kengo is fucking worse for wear because that whole bit about him having like anemia and going to the nurse's office repeatedly that's only half a lie because he is like almost like collapsing after just driving the fucking robot Ouch. he's just, his body is just that fucking weak poor frail boy yeah so fucking kengo and yuki because they think they're alone uh go to like a storage room in the back of the school and then they enter a locker which which the locker connects to like this magical fucking tunnel thing into a space station. Yeah, and then Kengo starts grabbing stuff like, oh, we have to use this, and he grabs this piece of plastic that is supposed to be metal, which is important for, it's a driver, but it's we're not supposed to know that yet. Shh. It, 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 it's this coming right as driver, and he's like, but then Yuki's like, no, you can't. Your body's too weak. You were just fucking driving a robot, and you're already about to pass out. And then fucking Gintaro shows up. So he just follows along. He just sneaks in. Yeah. Whoa. I fucking I fucking love this that like they're they're in this space station and they're acting like the gravity is lower. Yeah, I love I love the acting, yeah. Where where it's just like every step is like kinda like you're underwater, not really like you're on the moon. <laughs> you're just kinda like leaping a little bit. Yeah. And so Gentaro shows up and he's like, Whoa, what's with the weird gravity shit? Whoa. 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 And then fucking Kengo turns the gravity on to normal and it's kinda like why why isn't that just always on? Yeah, default. Yeah. From like in the future, it's almost always on. <laughs> they just had to do that one gag. That's yeah. it. And then fucking Gintaro steals the thing that Kengo was going to grab <gasps> because he heard that Kengo could die if he used it. And he's like, I'm not going to let my new buddy die. I'll I'll wear this potentially dangerous thing. I don't know what it is. Okay, thanks. Bye. I can't be friends with everybody if someone dies. Yeah. And then fucking he fucking bolts. He just leaves. Yeah. He's like, All right, and then bye. Yuki follows him. And then Kengo's like, wait. And then he fucking collapses. Because that is how close he was to collapsing. Damn. 
He would have been dead. Uh, back at school, the Orion Zodiart is attacking students seemingly at random for some reason. Because he can. Because he's strong. Because he's a dick. He's a big dick. Gintaro gets there and he's like, oh yeah, now I can fight this thing. How the... Wait, how do wait, I do this? How, how, how do I use this thing I stole? Hmm. And then Yuki shows up and tells him how to use it. She calls it the Forze Driver. So the Forze Driver has four slots. Each slot you can put a uh, switch into. And to transform, you have to like turn all the switches on. And then there'll be a countdown. At the end of the countdown, you have to pull a lever on the side. And then you turn into a cool boy. Yeah. So it's... So it, you turn all the switches on, and then it's... <clears throat> three, two, one... Henshin! And do do, And he transforms, and he becomes Kamen Rider Forze. And after transforming, he says his signature line... Uchukita! Which means... Which means, literally, space is here. Space is here. And then he says his other line when he's fighting things, let's fight one-on-one after he, like, even though the Forze costume does not have hair, he smooths his helmet like it's his fucking pompadour and he's fixing it. It's a force of habit. Yeah. Um, and let's describe the Forze costume a little bit since uh, the, this is audio and you won't be able to see it unless you look it up yourself. Yeah, it's white, has orange buggy eyes. Yeah, it has orange buggy eyes, and it's made to look kind of like a space chute, but it's like a combination of a space chute and a fucking rocket, because it has like a cone-shaped helmet. Yeah. It's supposed to look space-themed. Spacey. Because the season's theme is space. If you didn't catch that. And youth, but mostly space. And McDonald's. So, like, he start the fight begins now that he's transformed, and, like, punches and kicks seem to work better, because the Forze suit, like all Kamen Rider suits, make you stronger and, you know, net less hurtable it's armor but like they're still not working great and then Yuki goes like hey fucking use the switches if you press the button on top of the switch they turn on they turn on and you can use each switch's individual thing because they each have an individual thing whoa so like so he goes like oh okay and so he turns on the one that's connected each switch is connected to like a spot on his body like there's one that's his right arm one that's his left arm one that's his left leg one that's his right leg so he hits the one that's on his right arm and then the announcer goes, Rocket. And it's a rocket. And yeah, just a rocket. him around. A fucking rocket just, he starts like flying through the Whoa. air. And he like uses his rocket arm to get the both of them outside by basically like, bu- by bull rushing using the rocket's force, the thing out a window. Also, there's a really big like, trend where the fights usually happen outside. So, even though this fucking... so it, it, I, There's a very good reason for that. It's because, even though this is, like, the only Kamen Rider season to take place in a school, filming locations are expensive. And if you're gonna be blowing shit up with, like, pyrotechnics and, like, spark sh- and like spark packets... You better do it outside. You better do it outside where it's safer. Plus, there's, like, Japanese fire codes. In fact, something that's kind of becoming a problem especially in the last few years is that Toei and like tokusatsu style shows are having way less and less places where they're allowed to legally shoot mm. because of the type of action they do. Aww. 
it kind of sucks. It's, but it's also kind of funny because like the newer you get in Common Rider, the more you start to recognize like, oh, hey, they used that location last season. Or, oh, hey, it's that quarry because they always use that, that quarry. quarry. In fact, there's that tree from that quarry. <laughs> and it's like not their fault. It just, yeah. It just kind of sucks. Restrictions. <laughs> when you film in Tokyo and the Tokyo area, there's only so many places you can go with a big-ass film crew and spark packets. Yeah, you don't want to set the place on fire. I mean, like, the newest season of Kamen Rider has yet to even get, like, a fucking motorcycle because there's so few places where you can drive a motorcycle for <laughs> motorcycle stunts. Uh. So I don't even, th- I don't think the season we're going to get a motorcycle, mm. which is kind of weird for Kamen Rider. Going to get a bicycle. Actually, yes. That's not even a joke. I'm so good at this. Anyway, so he uses the rockets to get outside. And then, like, through the belt, Kengo calls him because the switch for his left arm is called radar. And he can use that to to talk with Kengo, like, in the space station. And it just, like, rings before he even activates it. I mean, you gotta call him somehow. Yeah, you gotta call. Only if he had a cell phone. And then, like, he, he just fucking ignores Kengo and tries using... A fuck his ro- he has a rocket launcher on his leg just called launcher, and he tries using it, but then the missiles go fucking haywire, and Ken goes like, "Hey, you fucking moron, use the radar." Yeah, it o- like the launcher only fucking works if you lock on with radar first. Duh. If you would listen to me, you would have known that. Oh, okay. So we do. And then he fucking switches some switches where he replaces the launcher switch for a fucking saw and it's like a fucking chainsaw on his foot <laughs> on his foot it's a fashion so, statement yeah and he so he fights a little bit with the chainsaw and then he fucking ends the fight by combining the rocket and drillo to do his final strike and in this season his final attacks are called limit breaks and so he does the rocket drill limit break <laughs> Which basically involves him getting super high in the air and then doing a rider kick super at a super downward angle with a fucking drill on his foot. And exploding. Yes. Because that's what drills do. So he's won the fight. Everything seems okay. But then Kengo shows up in the power dizer and he just fucking grabs Forze. And that's the end of episode and one. To be continued. He's going to die. Is Kengo going to kill him? I would. Uh, episode two. Uh, after the recap, we start back where we left off. With Gen- with what was it, Gengo being Kengo. Kengo being murdered. Kengo murdering Gentaro. There you go. Yes. But so they fight for a little bit because he's like, get the fucking belt off, that's mine. You've beat the monster, now give me back my fucking belt. There's only one thing worse than a person using this for bad. It's an idiot using it. Yes. And like Yuki calms them but down a little bit. But Kengo does get the Forze driver back. And then he fucking collapses again because this dude is seriously, like, medically ill. Poor guy. We then get a better explanation about what the fuck Zodiarts are. So Zodiarts are fucking people who transform <sighs> using evil switches ah. called Zodiart switches. But the only way you can actually beat them is you have to basically take their switch and then you can you, once you have control of the switch, you can destroy it by basically trying to use it yourself and then it fails. Otherwise, by beating the monster, all you do is just make them human again. And if you didn't see them, like, turn back human, then fuck, you don't know who the fuck it is. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. And Gintaro is like, now since you, like, defeated that guy so quickly and we weren't able to, like, pay attention, now we don't know who the guy who's using the switch is. Thanks. Thanks. And then Gintaro is like, well, guess what? 
I will find out who the Zodiard is without your help. And then, Kendo, you'll have to be my friend. And you'll have to, like... Flips him off. So the next day, we we cut to the next day. And we see students coming, like, walking to school again. And we watch as fucking Miu and Shun get dropped off by separate personal drivers. Because they're fancy. They're, like, from rich families. This is supposed to be, like, a high-end school that only caters to, like... The only way to get in is to know somebody with connections or to like do really good at the test. I have no idea why Gintaro's here, if it's, I'm being real. Gintaro's just that rich and famous. Like, Kengo, despite him being an asshole, is like the smartest kid in school. He ditches half of his classes and he still like has straight A's. Yuki's just like space. No, Yuki, it's actually explained later <laughs> that the reason she's at this school is because she likes space so fucking much. And this school actually has a connection to the Japanese space program. See? So my explanation was right. Yeah. And then Gintaro is just... There. A guy. He shows up. Whatever. Anyway, the only way... So it's the next day. We see that Miu and Shun get dropped off by their personal drivers. We also find out that Shun has a game today. Oh, yeah. And he's going to win. He's totally going to win. Also, we meet his little... I don't know if we ever catch his name, but the little... little We do catch his name, but I don't bother to write it down. We meet his little purse carrier toady it's like his sidekick his like second in command his hey you're on the team but only because i let you carry my shit yeah toby yeah toady yeah tori uh so we see that there's a game today and we see the like shun big a dickwad to his toady because he's always a fucking dickwad to everyone because he is because he can get away with it because he's a football star and then we cut to gentaro who goes to the delinquents who hang out behind the school. It's like, hey, you guys, I'd like to ask you some questions. Promptly beats the shit out of them. Well, first they attack him. He doesn't start the fight. It's literally like, hey, can I ask you guys some questions? And then he starts getting attacked. And then the next thing we know, all of the delinquents are on the ground. We also see that a flashy student, like a super in-the-know fashion type guy, is like watching him beat up the delinquents. Taking notes in the shadows. And then Gintaro, like, after failing at fucking... Getting hints. Getting hints on who the Zodiac might be, he goes to the secret hideaway that that fucking Kengo and Yuki have, and we find out that it's actually on the fucking moon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually on outside of Earth, like, which is the, hilarious. This locker just is a doorway to the fucking moon. To the moon. Which and then, like, awesome. once once Gintaro realizes that, he just looks outside, and space is so beautiful, he sheds a single manly tear. Why am I crying? Because space is so badass. And then Yuki comes in and explains what the fuck this place actually is. It's a magical tunnel to the moon. Yeah. um, The place is called the Rabbit Hutch, because, you know, the old Japanese... Rabbit. Yeah, haha. And the mochi. And then they go out for a moonwalk... In, like, spacesuits. So, like, yeah, this is actually the moon. You can actually go here with spacesuits. Don't go here without one. Also, look at this big old crater. Yeah. And we see it's the crater. And then, like, Yuki goes, like, hey, so, yeah. So, you should be nicer to Kengo. The reason he's so obsessive about this is because his dad fucking died on this moon base alone. Bum, bum, bum. Because, like, the moon base from the beginning, the guy who was left on the moon was fucking Kengo's dad. dad. And, like, he developed the Forze belt on the moon because he was like, I can't, like, whatever. The guy who ran away with the briefcase is evil. I have to build something to fix my mistakes 
even if I die on the moon. Son, get the magic moon tunnel thing and get this belt. I believe in... Explodes. Not explodes. But it, That's because he's not evil. So I have to wonder if Kengo's dad was like just such a fucking bro that when he realized he was about to die, he fucking like walked away from the space station so that when his son would eventually get here through the magical bullshit, he didn't have to find his dad's corpse in the rabbit hutch. So he like walked to the dark side of the moon so it's like, that way my son doesn't have to deal with my body. And then just drifted away. Otherwise, they'd never mention that Kengo had to like move the corpse or anything. Yeah, no. Thank God. <laughs> it's good for him. Anyway, so it's like, yeah, that's why Kengo is so obsessive about this. So, like, maybe try not being such an aggro guy, please. To the guy with no dad. Yes. Yeah. Um, It's time for the big football game back on Earth. Yay. I wonder what's going to happen. But our heroes instead go to a dirt bike track where Kengo is testing a motorcycle with a jet engine on the back. Not even jet engine. A rocket engine on the back. Because it's cool. And then Gen shows up on a fucking bike. Like a real regular ass bike, and like starts keeping pace with him on the motorcycle. Cause he's cool. And again, and the and like he's like, "Hey, Kengo, you're right. I can't figure out who the Zodiard is. I did screw up. I can't do that type of thing." And then like Kengo's like, "Yeah, of course you can't. But you can't be Forze because your body is just too goddamn motherfucking weak." So let me help you. Help me help you. Listen, I truly want to be your friend. And the best way I can be your friend is to support you in any way I can. So if you can't be Forze, I'll be Forze. But you be the brains. I'll do the punchy. You do the thinking. You do the thonking. Capiche. So please let me help. Let me help you. Help me help you. And then we get. And then they get a call from like a random secret number that says like I know who the monster is. Click. click. <gasps> and, and they, they know run, exactly where it is. Yeah, they run to the fucking football stadium. And the girl who called them, her name is fucking Tomoko. She's this kind of weird goth spiritualist girl. And Kentaro threatens to beat the shower. And then she's like, how did you find it out? And she's like, listen, I, did, I tracked the IP address. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like, I tracked the IP address. I just am good at computers. Don't hit me. I'm not the bad guy here. Not yet. <laughs> and it turns out it's Shun's toady. He wants revenge for the treatment he gets. For being treated like a piece of shit? Yeah, he actually fucking tells Shun, like, in the tunnels that the team has to walk through, I guess. It's like, Shun, I, I played your fucking game, but you never even let me on the goddamn field. I've joined this football team because I wanted to play football! Not be your little bitch. And then, like, the our heroes, they fucking show up and go, like, Listen, dude, don't do it! Don't do it! It's not worth it. And then Shun's like, Listen here, you little piece of fucking trash i don't let you on the field because you are garbage and i only let good on the field also you're off the football team yeah so yeah guess what i just made you not my bitch also you're off the team yeah and so uh the zodiart switch that this guy has turns last one and what happens when a switch goes last one it changes its look to look more like a fucking eye and it's got spikies on it and then if a human uses a switch that's been turned to last one, then like the human body is ejected from the monster body, and the human body will fucking die if it's not like fixed. returned. Yeah, if the spirit is not returned to its human body. Basically, yes. And so the Zodiart loses his human body; it's ejected from the monster and covered in like silk. Yeah, and then the Orion Zodiart attacks, and Gataro starts fighting it alone. 
like without the fucking driver. But you know how that's going to fucking work out? Like every other time. And then Kengo shows up and he like, listen, use the fucking driver. Pay it. But listen, I'm in charge. Yes, absolutely. Three, two, one. Mm. Henshin. Let her rip. Uchu, Kita, and Shun, like as this fight's going, he just fucking like backs away like, this is none of my business. So you, Nope, I don't see shit. You guys have fun. I just bullied a kid into fucking turning into a monster, but none of my business. I just do what usual teenage bullies do. And I'm going to go play football now. Bye. So Gen starts fighting the monster, and he's like, how the fuck do I beat this? And Ken goes like, hey, listen, just keep him, like, just fuck around with him until I figure out how to beat him. Just hit him really hard. And then the fight gets taken outside, because goddamn, that tunnel was super, like, narrow. That was a small tunnel. So if they wanted any type of decent choreography, they had to fucking leave. And then, like, the parking lot of the stadium, I guess. Uh, the bike that fucking Kengo was using earlier is out there. The one that has the fucking rocket booster on the back. And then Gen starts doing like motorcycle foo where he does the fight on the motorcycle and like uses the rockets and all that shit. It's almost impressive as card games on motorcycles. And then Kengo calls in and he's like, hey, listen, uh, punch it fucking there. Right there. That's right where there. the switch is in the monster body. Just hit it there. Right in the weak spot. But don't do it on the ground because this thing is going to fucking explode. So you need to take it to the midair. You need to take it to like way high up. So it can explode where it don't hurt nobody. Yeah. How the fuck do I do that? Then the fucking power dizer shows up and it turns into a fucking like rocket launch pad and the bike like jumps up on it so it can like take up high into the air. And then the bike, the monster and Gintaro shoot stupidly high up where Gintaro was then able to use the rocket drill combo limit, limit break to beat the monster and explode. Because everyone loves explosions. Yeah. And Forze starts panicking upon his re-entry. He doesn't actually go to space. He just goes to the upper atmosphere. They make a very big point later that Forze, on his own, cannot make it to space. Because it's a thing later. But he can, like, make it to the upper atmosphere. And even that is enough to get to, like, burning velocity. Yeah, on the re-entry. And he's like, oh, the fuck? How the fuck? How the fuck do I land? But thankfully, there's a parachute switch. Huh. Beak. And then just three parachutes pop open. Yep. And he drifts. And so after beating the monster, they have the switch and they destroy it. And then the toady wakes up and he's like not as crazy because using the Zodiart switches makes you go kind of crazy. And Gintaro's like, I still want to be your friend though. Gintaro's like, yeah, let's, I'll still be your friend. Just calm the fuck down next time you're ma- angry. I'm sorry about that douchebag. Or I'll kill you. Tomoko calls Forze a common Rider for the very first time <gasps> because there was this weird thing in the early... 2010s where every common rider wasn't a common rider until someone else called them a common rider they were just whatever their name was i don't entirely know why i had no idea what a common rider was like there were a few seasons where it's like they're only called common riders like in the crossover or like by someone in the show and that's when they start going by common rider it's like oh that's a good name i think i'm gonna call myself common rider like wizard's first appearance which was like in a fucking spe- like one of the last episodes of forze it's like oh Hey, you're a common rider. Common rider, huh? Common I kind of like that name. Common right. rider wizard. Yeah, let's go with that. And then they made that scene non-canon and canon because common rider is weird. Anyway, so Gentaro, like Ken, Kengo, gives Gentaro the driver, and he's like, "Listen, we're working together, but we're still not friends. Not yet." And then Gentaro dubs them the Common Rider Club and puts a Common Rider Club like a uh, flag on the wall in the rabbit hutch. And then. 
Kango gets irritated about it. He's like, this ain't no fucking club. And the episode ends. And then episode Trey. After the recap, Kengo immediately explains that in total there are 40 Forze switches. Uh-huh. But it takes fucking like a shit ton of work and effort to get them usable. Because they have to fucking... Like, the, they don't really explain why, but Kengo does a lot of like computer stuff and then the switch turns on and then they still have to like fine-tune it so it doesn't fucking explode or something. Then you have to master it. Yeah, you have to actually learn how to use it. It's not just... Oh, this is immediately useful. Sometimes it's like, oh, I have to practice with this or else I just fuck up. Almost like the one we see in this episode. Yeah. And so far, they only have eight. The five we've seen. And three more. And then three more. And we also and we see him make the ninth one work like work. Work. Like function. And then Forza tries it out in a special testing room. Um, it's a pogo stick leg. Super useful. He has trouble fucking using it. Because he's in a tiny room and it's just like pogoing uncontrollably. Yeah, it's super pogo, not just a little controlled pogo. And Ken goes like, hey, it's not actually worth fine-tuning this because when would this ever fucking be useful? And Gentaro's like, anything can be useful! Everything, not anything's not useless, everything's useful. And then he like, keeps the switch. He's like, no, I'm going to keep this, and I'm going to make it good, and fuck you. Yeah, Kengo, like, stays at the rabbit hutch to fuck around. While Gentaro... Gentaro, goddammit. Right. (laughs) Gentaro and Yuki leave the rabbit hutch. And we see that everyone at school is excited about the Queen's Festival. It's basically a popularity contest for the girls of the school. Imagine homecoming. But just for the Queen. Yeah, imagine it's homecoming queen. But just oh, the queen. But just the queen. It's like... It's and a, no dance. And no football game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically just a fucking... Popularity it, contest. Yeah. It's a pageant. Too. It's basically a pageant. Because there's like a talent, there's a speech. Whatever. And there's a looking pretty. Yeah. And the favorite to win is obviously Miu, that fucking bitch cheerleader from the first episode. The queen bitch of the cheerleaders. And we watched, like, as she's walking into school, she's, like, swarmed by students. Most of them are, like, wearing vote for Miu t-shirts and, like, have waving signs. Because she's going to win the third year in a row. And a bunch of them just start, like, passing up presents, which Miu's fucking two sidekick chicks, the other two cheerleaders, grab for her. Have to hold on to, because they're the little caddies. And, like, Gen is like, I don't really like that. And so he, like, steps in front of the procession and is like, hey! If someone's going to give you a gift, the least you could do is accept it yourself and not have your fucking sidekicks do it. Be nice about it. And then they call him, like, fucking loser trash who should go die in a well. Again. He says he's not trash. I'm Kento... And he specifically says, I'm Kisaragi Gentaro, and I'm going to be friends with every last student in this school. And slips on with an appeal. Believe it! Talk no jutsus his way through it. And then he says, like, then he claims that fucking he and Miyu will be friends no matter what. Which sounds, you know, mildly creepy. Yeah, just a little bit. I'll be friends with this woman, whether she likes it or not. And so he made a bet with her. It's like, hey, listen, if you don't, if you're not queen, you fucking, have to be my friend. You have to be my friend. But if, okay, but if I am queen, then you have to transfer out I'll of get the school. The fuck out of here. I want to see your stupid face. So he agrees, and then theme music. After theme, title card. Episode three, choose your new queen. Quinn. 
So after the theme, we get a few quick fuzzy shots of Zodiarts. One of them, like ha- uh, this weird Zodiart guy handing a switch to uh, some student. <gasps> we only see a sleeve, and all the sleeves look identical. Their sleeves. On a uniform. Yeah. So, Gen, ta- Gen like, needs information again, and his first thought is to go bug those delinquents from, you know, the previous episode. Again. And the delinquents' first instinct is to go fucking kick his ass again. Because they kick- they got their ass kicked. So I gotta make it even. And so, uh, Gen wins. He fucking wins a goddamn Gen. Pretty easily. And then one of the delinquents finally go like, hey, if you want information, you should ask him. And he points to the fucking, like, fashion guy who's been watching his fights. In around a corner. Yeah. Just peeping. And then we finally meet JK. It's spelled JK, but it's pronounced Jake. And he's the, like, school's best gossip hound. If there's some dirt you need to know, I'll find out. Let's see. He loves to find the dirt. And and Jake's like, listen... Like I, I know all I know the dirt on everyone, but why should I help you? And Gentaro's like, "Oh, that's easy, cause I'll be your friend." And he points to the bunch of knocked out goons on the ground. No, he doesn't even point, cause like J.K. just like oh, looks just around his shoulder. Like, oh yeah, that might be worth it. I might need not being punched in the face, and also you punching people in the face for me. And so he points Gen to a girl named Raiko Hirota, who's a first year. Theoretically, she has enough popularity to be able to be the queen this year she's not she's not currently entered in the contest but she theoretically could win if she did she could so again so again and jake like go up to her and start talking to her and first she's like oh no way am i gonna fucking deal go up against me yeah that'd be suicide yeah that would be suicide but then he's like but listen if you like enter the competition and hold your own you'll be even more popular next year when she's not in the competition and you'll be a show-in to win then wait more popular like really uh-huh. you didn't really think so but while they're talking this fucking piece of chalk or like one of those chalk holders yeah it's right on the board yeah don't you dare enter in like super creepy scratchy writing and then pushes her over yeah so something invisible is in the room and fucking fucking Kentaro goes straight into like fuck zodiart and, and he puts he common writers have always been able to do this i don't think i mentioned it the other two times but common writers can just summon their driver from fat air yeah they, like they love doing like that. they they just like reach behind their back and and it's in their hand then and then he puts it on and he transforms in front of jake and, like he he helps fucking reiko out of the room but then like in front of jake he just transforms yeah, he gives zero fucks about people seeing him transform. Which is really funny, because this is one of the few seasons where, like, there is an actual fucking secret identity thing they kind of do. Because, mm. like, as the series goes on, more and more people find out, but it's kind of like an open secret throughout the school, where, like, not everyone knows, and, like, none of the teachers know. But then he also just doesn't check to see, like, oh, is, hey, no one's watching? Is Jake out of the room? Who fucking cares? Boom, turn. <laughs> So he has a secret identity, but he doesn't work too hard to keep it. That's that's really See, what I'm saying. But you had to be pretty stupid not to know it's him. And so the steam that's created when Forze transforms is enough to kind of like push the invisible thing over, and it turns out to be a chameleon. <gasps> also, this Zodiac, I don't know what fucking, uh, fucking constellation it's supposed to be. It's yeah. just a chameleon. It's, it's literally just a chameleon. There might be a chameleon, a chameleon constellation. constellation, but I don't know what it is. They never say it in the episode. And, like, they always have, every Zodiart has, like, their constellation on their body somewhere. 
but I'm not familiar enough with the night sky to be able to say. Yep, that's the lizard one. Yeah, <laughs> so I have no fucking idea. Anyway, so fucking it, it receives, hey, chameleon Zodiart, and he starts fighting it, but then the Scorpio Zodiart shows up, and it's in a fancy-ass robe, and, you know, Scorpio is w- legit one of the fucking Zodiac bitches. So I am retarded. There is literally just a constellation called Chameleon. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, thank you, Google, for proving that we're both morons. I say it's not very unique. It looks like a rectangle. I mean, most... Fucking look up Pegasus. Pegasus is just like a fucking... It's like four dots, ain't it? Yeah. Like, it's, like people really fucking reach on some of these. Like, some of them are like, oh, yeah, I see. I kind of see that. Yeah, that just looks like a, a cube with some squiggles on it. Yeah. But let me show you, let me show you Chameleon. Yeah, no, that that's just like a pentagram that got lazy. Yeah, I say that. I want to know what the fuck they were thinking. I don't know. I don't know. Constellations are fucking weird. So apparently there is a chameleon constellation. So minor correction, we're both idiots. Good for them, fucking old people. Anyway, so the Scorpio Zodiart shows up, and it's in like this fancy ass robe that it has to take off when it fights. Cause it's fancy. And the scorpion one, and the Scorpio Zodiart is fucking strong AF. Because it's one of like the big twelve baddies that you know is one of the twelve zodiarts, and all the zodiarts are like the big bad bosses. Because they're cool. Anyway, so the scorpion fights Forze, and during the fight, the chameleon escapes, and then Forze and Scorpio end up outside. And like this entire time, Jake is just low key freaking out. He's like, "What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that?" And then Kengo comes into the classroom that Jake's in, and he's like, th- holds him up against the wall by his collar, and he's like, "Don't say a fucking word. You saw jack shit. You know nothing, or I'll kill you." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to get involved, so I won't say anything, Mister Crazy Genius, First A, Grade A student, Mister. I can't hold a pencil without passing out." So outside, Forze is fighting, and he is fucking losing. But then Kengo gets outside and yells at him, Hey, use a switch! And Gen's like, oh, oh right. Yeah, I have like eight of those. Because <laughs> he forgot he had switches. Uh, he uses a missile and he blows him up and he dies. He does not use a missile and blows up, but he uses the hopping switch, the pogo stick one, and it's still wonky. doesn't quite work. Gen doesn't quite know how to use it. And he starts, like, bouncing around like crazy, and the Scorpio's already are just like, fuck this noise, and leaves. It's all right. Do-do-do-do. I mean, like, if you're going to take yourself out, well, I don't fucking care. I don't got to do shit. This is my master plan. Fuck you. Gentaro tries to go back to his candidate, and it's like, hey, listen, uh, you really should join. And she's like, bitch, fucking no. I didn't really want to do it before, and then I was attacked by a giant fucking chameleon. No, thanks. No way. And then Gintaro, sort of in desperation, goes to see Yuki, who's geeking out at a space museum. Because she loves space. She loves space. She wants to be an astronaut. And he goes like, hey, Yuki, listen, you're my friend, right? Right. I need you to do a favor. Okay, what is it? I need you to enter the Queen's Festival. No fucking no. No, I'm not doing that. No. No. And then Kengo shows up and he's like, hey, Yuki, you're going to join the Queen's Festival. And she's like, what? What? Why? And Kengo explains, yeah, so that fucking chameleon thing also attacked, like, every other, like, the- Contestant. Atta- it, it attacked every contestant that wasn't a cheerleader. So <sighs> the only people still left in the contest are 
Miyu and her two sidekicks, Stooges, Tame and June. And then we cut over to Miyu's private pool, because again, she's a rich, spoiled bitch. Nothing new. And she and her lackeys are talking, and she's a bitch to them. Like, they're eating candy, and she's like, listen, I don't eat sugar. That's I mean, bad for me. And frankly, you two shouldn't either. Don't get Basically fat. Basically fucking calling them fat. And then she starts insulting all the presents she got. Like, we see her, like, just sitting on the side of the pool, ripping up letters, like, breaking fucking CDs and DVDs full of pictures, throwing away jewelry someone bought her. Yeah, fuck all this garbage is worth money. I don't need none of it, because I'm rich. So the next day, it's the first event of the festival, and the whole school is excited! Yay! It's the talent part. Oh, the, f- the talent part. Yeah, so first up is Yuki, and she sings a song about the Japanese satellite Hayabusa. And it's great, because she's in the Hayabusa costume. By the way, anyone who listens carefully to the theme song knows that they shout out both Hayabusa and the Hubble Space Telescope. Hooray! At least in the extended version. I don't know if the TV version has that. I pull a space shuttle, Hayabusa Hubble! I think that's in the extended version, which you might hear. I might u- not use the TV version, because... Fuck it. I, I, I want to push the luck. I want Toei to send me a cease and desist. And then hang it up on his wall. I'll, I'll fucking fix it if they ask me to. But until then, no. it's going in. <laughs> fucking Avex can fucking sue me. I don't fucking care. Imagine the fucking publicity we'd get if some like losers on fucking some loser podcast gets sued by fucking Avex, and then like everyone hears about the big bad company shitting on us, and then we get like twelve million more views. See, that'd be good. I'd like that. And all it would cost us is thousands of dollars in legal fees. Hooray! <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, Yuki sings a song about the Hayabusa Japanese space satellite, and it's it's cringy on purpose, but it's cringy. It's pretty cringe. Top tier, actually. Um, The bitches backstage get snarky, and everyone in the crowd are like, get the fuck off the stage. You suck. Leave. Meow. And then the other three entrants are all performing together, which I think seems like cheating. Yeah, I see, that, that does seem like cheating. Because it's like, oh, so you're just allowed to work with other contestants? That's that's stupid. Shouldn't you all have to f- do talents by your own merits? But whatever. The other three contestants do this choreographed dance scene because, you know, they're fucking cheerleaders. So this is the best part where they just dance and fucking dance. and Yeah, the dancing is okay. Dance. They Like, legit Miu, at least her actress, has some pretty decent dance moves. Like, I get tired of it because it's, like, a minute too long, but it's not like they're bad at dancing. I would not, I would maybe con- not confuse, I, I could see confusing them for, like, a legit idol group, at least. I say, then we get the interesting, I don't really get the cutaway to them in bathing suits. That was weird. They didn't do that yet. They didn't do that part yet? They did the dancing and then they cut away to the bathing suits. Like, not like the part where she's breaking CDs and shit, but, like, just them looking, like, sexy. Oh, yeah, I don't. I I don't remember that scene, but it could happen. I don't know. I it did a lot. Yeah, it's a little weird. Japan has the thing about sexualizing teenagers, and it's a little weird. Oh yeah, it's, it's very weird. They don't do it very much in Common Rider, but this is like one of the only times in the franchise. It's weird. This is the party skips over and over, and rewatches. I don't fuck off. I don't swing either way. <laughs> so why would I do that? He swings every way. No, I don't. I don't swing. I. And he hangs. God, that sounds horrible. <laughs> God, how the editing I'm going to have to do here. Anyway, so after the dance is over, uh, Tame, 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 
tummy. Tummy. Uh, she like acts like something's choking her, and then she like collapses on the ground. And then after collapsing on the ground, she fucking runs. And then almost immediately after this, something pushes over Jun. Poor Jun. And Gentaro is like, since he's backstage, is like, oh, it's that thing again. And he grabs some nearby like chalk erasers and then begins making a fucking chalk cloud to make the fucking invisible chameleon Zodiac appear. Yeah, and so a white chameleon. (laughs) Yeah, and so they both run outside, and then after running outside, it is then he transforms because no one followed him and the monster. They all stayed in the auditorium. Thank goodness for his secret identity. Christ, because he would have transformed in front of them if he had to, and so he transforms, and the they start fighting. It goes super well. Yeah, um, and he takes out the hopping switch again, and he like Ken goes like, "No, don't use it. That fucking switch sucks." And he's like, any switch can be useful. Watch this. <laughs> he proves that it is useful because he actually uses it half decently. And then he hit, and then he switches over to the chainsaw and starts chainsawing it. And he's about to do a limit break. But then the chameleon just fucking dips. Sorry, right. chameleon's his way out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Back with the students, Miu gets back on stage and she's going to start performing again to help everyone calm down. But then instead of music, a tape of her at the pool destroying all the gifts she got is played on the TV. And she's hated by everybody. The entire school watches as she is just a callous bitch. She's like, ah, this is shit. And then the whole school starts turning on her and we actually watch them like throw down their signs and rip down posters. End of episode three. Hooray! Happy ending. Episode four. After the recap, Borze sees the chaos that's formed after the video. After and we and then he watches the chameleon get away. It's like you did this, and then the chameleon like fucking super jumps away. He turned on its GTA cheats. <laughs> he is no clipped in the school. All the Miu fans are like freaking out. They're destroying all their memorabilia and they're ripping down her posters. And her boyfriend Shun like immediately abandons her, like with no hesitation. Yeah, so he doesn't shit. He needs a queen. Gentaro actually runs on stage. He's like, hey, are you all right? Like, genuinely concerned for this girl. And she's like, I don't need your fucking pity. And she storms off. We then get a zoom in on Tame, one of Miu's sidekicks, where we see <gasps> she has a Zodiart switch. <gasps> yeah, they don't keep the mystery for very long. No, no, they don't. Then we get the theme song again. And title card, episode four, scheming to be in charge. <laughs> the next day, we see that in the like polls for the Queen's Festival, Yuki got second to last with four votes. Ouch. The only person who got a lower score than her is Miu. <gasps> surprise, surprise. So Kengo theorizes that one of Miu's lackeys must be the Zodiart, and we as an audience know who the fuck it is, but like the characters... They don't know. Yeah, it's always a little annoying when an audience, we know what the answer is, and then we have to watch... Everyone else. Figure it out. Yeah, it's always a little annoying. It's I'm not thrilled with it, but you know it's whatever. It's, it's not terrible. Thing. It's not terrible. Um, we also like cut, I guess, to the next day. I don't know. Time is weird. We're or like at the end of the day, right before cheerleader practice, where Miu like walks into the locker room and she's obviously still like not in a good mood, and Tame like tells Miu in a seemingly like kindly way, "Listen, maybe you should quit cheer." <gasps> And then we see that, like, 
Miyu has been trying to te- has been texting like Shun all day, but he's been ignoring her. An and she's like, "Fine, you fucking bitches!" And Miyu just storms off. And Jun gets this like, "Oh, I feel so sorry for her. It's so bad." And then she and she's like, "But these chips are so good." But and it's then, so bad. And then Tamei like basically fucking like threatens Shun like Jun, where it's like, "Hey, uh, listen, she's not the queen anymore." You should be since she's not the queen anymore. You should like pick your friends wisely, right? Yeah. Like super scary and vaguely psychoy. You're like, I'm gonna fuck shit up. You should be my side bitch. Back in the rabbit hutch, Kengo watches Forze, who's outside on the moon practicing with the hopping switch. And then like he calls Gen, and like they're talking through the radar switch, and he's like, "Yeah, so the reason you're able to use that switch is because you've been practicing." Yep, that's right. It takes a lot of work to be Forze. I mean, you're doing all the thinking parts. I have to be ready on my end. And then Gen gets this like, wait a minute. It takes a lot of work to be good. And then he like imagines all these scenes that we've been ignoring that where Miu is like running by herself. Oh my God. Exercising Miu a human has to work hard too. Huh. Wow. That's crazy. Miu must be working hard to be as good as she is. And so then he leaves the rabbit hutch and he goes finds Jake and Jake Hey, where f- where the fuck is Miu? And Jake's like, okay, I guess I'll tell you because you kind of scare me and I saw you transform to fight a fucking monster. So we find out that Miu is at a bowling alley alone where she is bowling alone. And she's like rented the entire bowling alley. Because she's rich. And she wants to bowl alone. And it turns out she's also great at bowling. Yeah, she's awesome at bowling. And so like Gen and like Miu start talking and she's like, Well, I bet you're just so fucking happy that I'm that I've basically been knocked out by this bullshit. And Gen's like, No, I wanted you to lose, but I wanted you to lose in a fair fucking fight. I wanted you to be lose because the person who beat you was better than you. Not like this. Not this backhanded way. Not this fucking dirty way. Oh well. And he's also said that like she goes like I'm pissed. Now I really want to help you win. And she's like, but if I win, you'll have to move. And he's like, I don't care if I have to transfer. If you're going to be my friend, that means I support you. And by supporting you, that means if you truly want to win, if you're working this hard to be queen, then I want to help you fulfill that. Hell yeah. Bromi goes. And listen, you shouldn't give up. You still have the speech. And you can use that speech to fucking turn the entire thing around. And everyone will get on your side. All you have to do is do a good enough speech. And she goes like, yeah, yeah. And then she's attacked by the chameleon. And then she dies. Almost. She almost dies. Like, she legit ends up hospitalized. Like, Forze, like, tries to fight. What happens? It's really dumb. So, like, uh, the chameleon shows up and tries attacking him. And then Kengo shows up and he's like, the chameleon is really Tamai. <gasps> ah. And then Tamai, like, turns back human. And she's, then she's like, listen, I'm so sorry. That didn't kill you. Kinda, yeah. Like, listen, can I talk to her alone? And the guy's like, fuck off to the side or so they don't over here. I'm so sorry I did all this. I was just so jealous of you. And I still am. Transforms. Stabs fucking basically. (laughs) Shanks to the stomach. And she tells her and she tells everyone, Yeah, I was given the switch by the Scorpio Zodiart. I don't know anything past that. Like, this is all I know, but Lol, you ain't gonna stop me. And then Gentaro's like, God damn it, we shouldn't have left her alone. And he like fucking slow motion runs over <sighs> to where And like Miyu is getting actually kind of fucked up by like chameleon tongue and spark shot and spark packs. 
is weird. The spark packs do most of the Gintaro damage. transforms. They fight for a minute. Then she runs away. And, like, Forze runs after her after Ken goes, like, listen, I'll be here with, like, I'll get her to a hospital. You go. Just go. Go fight. And so, like, he chases after the chameleon, but he loses her. No. And then at the hospital, Miu is, like, knocked the fuck out in a hospital bed with, like, the full nine yards of, like... She's, like, in a coma. And at, fir- and at first, it's, like, hey, maybe we should, like, get the school to cancel the competition. But they can't do that. Because then... Because then Miyu doesn't have a chance to win. <gasps> Listen, we'll just do it in. Say, no, the school's being attacked by giant monsters, and there's like four other people that got injured by a giant monster don't matter. Miyu winning matters. Yes. Because fuck so- all these background gnome names. Yeah. Um, back at the school, it's right before speeches, and like, uh, the only two people, they're the only other three people, which is Yuki and Yuki Jun and the monster are getting their makeup ready. And Shun, like, goes ba- backstage and gives a bouquet to Tema where he, where he's like, listen, I, like, I'm not supporting my queen because I'm getting a new queen and I want that to be you. Hardy, hardy, hard. How shallow can you what fucking get? Fuck. You don't even wait for her to win. It's just, like, before the competition, it's like, yeah, my old girlfriend fucking sucks. How about you be my girlfriend? Wink, wink. And she's like, oh, thanks for the roses. Shut the door and like, fuck that guy. Yeah. So... It's time for everyone's speeches, and Tamei uses hers to badmouth Miu. Like, I used to really look up to her, but then I realized what a horrible bitch she was, and now I feel ashamed that I ever looked up to such a snarky bitch. We should all hate her. We should like, all right fucking... now. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is, like, after she it was revealed what she really was like, she was fucking too scared to show up. And then as soon as she says that, Miu, like, opens the back auditorium doors and she's like dressed up in a dress and fucking crutches with a bandage around her fucking head. You want to say it to my face, bitch? Like it's a fucking episode of Mori. Yeah. And Miu shows up and she starts giving a speech. And she's like, yeah, the entire school is against me, but shut the fuck up. Like the entire school goes like, oh, boo, boo. And she just gives them a look and they all shut up. Just knocks her fucking crutch on the ground. She's like, shut Because she has that much of a forceful personality. And they all listen because they're a bunch of betas. And so she starts her speech. And she fucking doubles down on her hate of those gifts. Because she's like, why the fuck should I be thankful? No one gave me gifts because they thought I'd like them. They gave me gifts because they felt like giving me gifts. They didn't matter if I'd never wear that necklace. They didn't bother to see what I'd actually like. Why would I want pictures of myself on a DVD? Jesus Christ, how fucking sociopathic do you think I am? And then she's like, and like all the letters you fuckers gave me? If you're going to write, like, this letter as a fan, write fucking legibly. Like, if you're going to half-ass your letter, why should I bother reading it? Jeez, people. Listen, that's not showing self-support. That's not showing support. That's self-indulgence. Weirdos. She says that you all should stop trying to just shine through me. Everyone should try and let their own talents shine. And the queen just... And the queen isn't the person who, like, deserves it most. The queen just happens to be the person whose talents shine brightest. And that's why I'm fucking queen. Now, get out of my fucking way so I can make my speech up at the podium. And then the entire school, like, 180s again. Oh, God, I love her so much. And, like, the queen has to be the person who shines brightest, and that's why I always try to improve myself. And then she gives Gentaro the super friendship hyper handshake. So the super cool mega handshake with the blood gang sign. Yeah, she hobbles up to the stage and, like, 
tells Timaya, get the fuck out so I can make my real speech. Because that wasn't her speech. That was just the get the fuck out of my way speech. That was her just telling her to fuck off. Yeah, everyone loves her again. And Chun starts clapping because he is a... Fu- he's a fucking he's a fucking turncoat. Yeah. I promise you that some of these characters get better. But in these first episodes... They're like, all dicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of them are dicks. Mew, Mew starts turning good after this episode. It's just a matter of, until this episode, she's a bitch. Yeah. Tamea goes backstage, and then her switch turns into last one. And Ken goes like, no, you'll never be able to turn human again. And she's like, I don't fucking care. And because Ooh. Kengo has the muscle strength of a three-year-old. Of a fucking wet piece of paper. She, like, pushes him over, and then last one. And it turns into a chameleon one last time. Yep. So the chameleon Zodiac kidnaps Mew. Gentaro chases after them and transforms in the rafters like it's in that place where all the lights are connected, the scaffolding up there. The big old the place is the, up. Yeah, only the, the place that only nice schools get Yay. and other schools have to just use their fucking gyms. Good times. Good times. I hate, I hate coming from a <laughs> tiny-ass school sometimes. Other times it's nice because I knew exactly who the drug dealers were and, they were and I could avoid them. Exactly who I need to make deals with. Nah, all the drug dealers at my school were douchebags. Yeah, you were close to that one town, so yeah, I see. I was really close to that, to the, <laughs> to like the epicenter of drugs in our say drug our area. In an hour radius, this tiny town is like where all drugs went through at one point. Yeah, it was just drug UPS. It's actually kind of hilarious how open that was. Whatever. Anyway, Gintaro chases them into the rafters, and in the confined space, the chameleon has the advantage because she has the prehensile tongue, and Forze can barely like stretch his arms out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he tries to do his space guitar thing where he, like, raises his arms. It's like, space guitar, ow, my arm! Ah, I can't do that here. Ouch. And so, obviously, because the chameleon has the advantage in this confined space, she goes outside. Which, yeah, complete sense. Because chameleons love the outdoors. And because she wants to make it more fair for Forze. She felt like a jerk. Which is also why the fight is super difficult, because uh, the chameleon uses me as a human shield. That makes sense. And so Miu gets this idea that she's going, so she fucking like gets Tamea to pisses her off, and then the chameleon throws her off a roof. But thankfully, Gentaro is not a complete idiot. You know, I can't believe they completely missed the chance of doing that with a chameleon. What? They could have ordered. God no, no! Quit trying to put Vor into everything we cover. It's actually a problem. Is it your kink? I don't care if it's your kink, but it shouldn't be here necessarily. But think about it. Tongues and lizard. God damn it. Anyway, so Miu gets the chameleon to throw her off the roof because it's like, hey, you stupid bitch. Of course you had to become a monster because there was no way you could compete with me. And then yeet. Uh, And then they almost die, but not really. Yes. Thankfully, Gentaro realized what was happening. And he uses the one of the switches that, the, that they didn't mention, but he has had this entire time, called Magic Hand. Which is a big old stretchy claw arm. Yeah. You know, it kind of makes sense that Forze was built to be, to be like, basically a spacesuit for space travel, because almost all of his abilities, no matter how stupid they're named, at least have some sense in... Oh, yeah, that could be useful in space. Yeah, it could be useful in space. Big, stretchy, grabby arm. Yeah. yeah. The Pogo, I can't really see, but... Yeah, a lot of them. Not all of them. <laughs> Like, this is one of, he is one of the most utilitarian common writers as well. I just, like, officially. Yeah. It's not perfect. But he has a lot of use. Anyway, so now that Miyu is safe, Forzai is able to fight her one-on-one. And so he f- finishes the fight with a limit break and then destroys the switch. And she explodes. 
Well, the monster her explodes. Same thing. The human her is fine. He goes back for her and explodes her. No. Oh. Mew and Tamai have a moment, and Mew's like, listen, next time if you want to beat me, be be you. Don't throw me off a bridge. Well, it's it's really like, hey, if you want to beat me, next time don't copy me. Just be a better you. Yeah. And so everything's all well and good. It seems like we're wrapping up at the rabbit hutch. And then Mew walks in. So yeah, I'm part of the club now. Also, I'm the boss. Yeah, Mew's like, hey, listen, uh, I'm now a part of the Common Rider Club. Because if not, then I'm going to force Gintaro to transfer like he promised he would if I, when I won. Because I won. So fuck you. And then she's like, and also, by the way, I will not join a club unless I'm the president. So I am now the president of the Common Rider Club. And Yuki and her have a little bit of a, a, a standoff. Kind of. And then the episode ends. And that's the four episodes we're covering of Forze. That's the four episodes of Forze. Harhi hahuhi. So what do we think? I would say it was all right. Honestly, as much as I love Kamen Rider, I'm not the biggest fan of Forze. It's fine. It's okay. But it's it's just okay. As I would say, I would give it a 2.5 Zay out of Forze. I'll give it an... I'll give it a space kit out of a space guitar. There we go. So this is the part of the podcast where we chill. Give us money. We have a Patreon that if you want to support the podcast at Fick Fans. We have a Buy Us a Coffee also, at the same place. Yep. If you just want to talk to us or want to see when we upload new content, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on... We are at Fiction Fanatics. Fanatics. Here's my phone number. If you want to. I'm not putting my phone number it's on the internet. 911. That wouldn't do anything in the UK. That's 999. Or was it nine nine one? It's nine nine nine. It's nine nine nine. That that's that's what it is in the UK. Or just press zero for your operator and ask for me. Anyway, um, tell your neighbor, tell your friends, tell that bitch at school who thinks she's better than you, but really just needs a friend. Kick her right in the face while you do it. And tell and tell them all about our podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms, including Google, Apple, Spotify. Just not Pandora. Not Pan. Not Pandora. For some fucked reason. But also maybe on Pandora. Pandora's been weird. Figure that out someday. Because they say that we're not in, but then we're also kind of in, but you can't actually search us on the service. For some reason. And we have no control. I don't know. Pandora fucking stopped returning our emails. Mm. Anyway, this has been fun to talk about. We hope you had fun listening to it. We hope you all have a good one. Adios. Peace.